Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. It's a live call-in show, so I'm going to use my crazy DJ voice. Doug Maurice and Nathan Baird along with Stephen Means, and we're getting wild and wacky with the Ohio State Buckeyes. We have like uh, like 28 people in the room with us. This is our, these are our loyal tech subscribers who have joined us on a live Zoom call so they can ask questions live about the Ohio State Buckeyes and the cancellation of the fall 2020 football season. I'll let people get situated again. If you guys want to start raising your hand, that will allow me to start calling on you with questions. But I want to start off first, Nathan, Jeff Brom. Of course, it's a Purdue question for Nathan. And by the way, if you guys are, you know, for everyone listening on the podcast, thanks for listening. 614-350-3315 if you want to be a tech subscriber and join the fun like the people joining us tonight. Make sure you're reading cleveland.com slash OSU. Nathan, Jeff Brom from Purdue offered a eh, not, not uh, competing necessarily plan from Ryan Day, but certainly a different plan than Ryan Day. Ryan Day, and there was reporting that on Thursday morning there was a meeting among Big Ten coaches. I guess there might be a subcommittee talking about how to play in January and February. That's what Ryan Day is pushing really hard. He is pushing that really hard. Jeff Brom says, hey, what about me? I beat Ohio State one time. What if we played in March and April? What did you think of Brom's suggestion? And it's not just a suggestion. It's like a nine-page term paper. No, it's it's a full, like, PowerPoint presentation. It's it's intense. Uh, not intense, but it's it's well – reasoned and and really well explained and it's got all of the data points there and I think that's maybe the thing that's missing I, if you if listen to the podcast yesterday I was one saying that I thought Ohio State did a good job kind of getting that out there quickly you know Ryan Day quickly transitioning to well if we're going to do the spring this is how we need to do it but um and I don't know that Brom was trying to trump him necessarily but he has put out like a, a very detailed specific plan down to how many days of padded practice each team will have not just for the spring which he would have in another um, um, like I guess starting late February so more of like a March April model as opposed to the January that they had but then also for the following fall uh, nine game seasons in both uh, leading to a six game playoff Um, so very detailed very like like I said kind of well thought out I obviously it wasn't something that he just came up with 
on the, on the back of a napkin. Uh, it's something he probably had been working on in anticipation of, of all this falling apart eventually. So, Stephen, is this uh, is this Jeff Brom trying to undermine Ryan Day? Is this just Jeff Brom? Is is it Jeff Brom being just being helpful? What do you think of Brom coming out with a proposal like this? I'm not going to say it's him undermining Ryan Day. I you can't that... do it. <laughs> I think I unmuted somebody by oh. accident. Wait, wait, did I mute Stephen? Oh God, I knew this was going to happen. Stephen, where are you? Stephen, wait, wait. Okay. Can we get the editor on this? Stephen, you may now unmute yourself. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, we're good? I don't know. Okay. Okay. So, so, I, <laughs> so I was saying, I don't think it's him trying to undermine Ryan Day necessarily. I, I just think they're throwing out options. And Ryan Day being in a position he's in where he clearly feels like he has a team that can win a national championship. In comparison, Purdue doesn't have a team that's going to win a national championship this year, even if we were having a normal season. He wants that team to play. So, of course, he's going to push. We need to play as early as possible. So as many of these guys who maybe have NFL decisions can play, can play. while with Jeff Brom is just – let's just find a way to have a spring season well but i think i think jeff Brom has a lot of the same decisions pending that he wants to get information his players about that ryan day does he has has less of them he has fewer guys who are nfl prospects he might have fewer guys who are potentially going to get he has rondell moore he's going to have well rondell moore is already gone he's already got he's got fewer guys who might get poached off of his roster by other programs or whatever but it i think the the motivation is is similar it's just that they have kind of different directions are coming at it from yeah but one's more about i don't like ryan day also has the championship motivation that brahm doesn't have which is and so he can take his time a little bit that's all it, some of this is when one is we have a chance to at least prove that this team deserves to be a national championship contender even if it isn't a weird year where we're having the vote on instead of actually playing it versus another guy who just wants to get his guys a chance to play football I like the live call because I can take crap from people in the moment. They don't have to do it through the tech subscription. So, Sam, can we get a tech intern on the call? Sam, if you're volunteering, I will say someone else also (laughs) – That's an unpaid internship, by the way. Oh, oh, yeah. Very unpaid. Actually, I I mean, technically – You have to pay us. (laughs) They are paying us. They're paying $3.99 for this. $3.99 for this. And now we're asking them for help. Somebody out there sent me a background, a Buckeye Talk background, to have in the back of my Zoom call. So I spent – someone's clapping. Someone figured something out. Uh, I spent 15 minutes setting up the background so I could be, like, levitating in front of a Buckeye Talk banner. And instead, it's still the yellow wall that was here when we bought the house. There was a baby that lived here before me that lived in this room. And so I'm sorry I don't I – don't, I couldn't use the background. I tried. Okay. I don't see anyone raising their hand. That doesn't mean no one is raising their hand. It means I don't see any hands up. Nathan or Steven, do you see any hands up? I, like, I don't the- right now, no. Okay. no. So we're going to make this like a pop quiz. If we don't see your hands up, this is, this is, it's like you're getting called on in class. Because, listen, you people chose to be here. Well, we, had, we had some more people. We had some more people come in. So I'm gonna, I'll just say again, if, okay. you're, if you're listening, if you're, if you're on the pod tonight, not people listening tomorrow. If you're on the pod tonight, click down where it says participants. A thing will come up on the side, and then it'll say raise hand. That's what we mean when we say raise hand. And a little blue hand will come up by your name, and Doug will know to unmute you and call on you. We got a question in the chat, though. If we we did wanna... get a question in the chat. 
Pete Kerber is walking around in his yard. I don't know if that means Pete Kerber wants to join us or not. Um, okay, let's get this Brian. We'll get Brian who put it in the chat. I was going to call on Kelly McNeil. I see Luke has his hand up. Kelly McNeil, you were lined up to be called on for a pop quiz. So that still might happen. Brian says, now that Sean Wade is out, how fast do they need to have a plan before all or most NFL uh, prospects opt out? So Sean Wade is out. Um, Randy Wade talked about that on a, on a radio interview today. That's probably going to be, you know, officially announced at some point. I don't think anybody is surprised. And I think Sean Wade probably has the most, not complicated necessarily, but listen, that guy almost left last year. Um, you know, that like he's not going to win the Heisman. He's not going to win the Heisman like Justin Fields did. So like there's less personal like motivation to come back. Graduation is a huge deal. That is no small thing. Baron Browning also just graduated. That factors in for guys. So I don't think there's any surprise that the idea, well, Sean Wade's not going to be around for whatever they might try to do, but does it feel like it puts anything on the clock? I think is Brian's question. Steven, like, is this like, okay, that's one. Okay. Like mm-hmm. now, like Ryan day, you better get this thing out. You better get the big 10 moving because Justin Fields and Wyatt Davis and everybody else are watching. It. Yeah. I, I want to say the end of the sem- end of September, but that might be even a stretch. I maybe three or four weeks just to see what's actually possible to see if there's any momentum towards that January push. I know Ryan day is pushing for it hard, but if there doesn't seem to be any movement in the next couple of weeks, guys like Justin Fields, who they don't have anything to prove. They're going to be a top, three pick no matter what happens and Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers will probably shortly follow. But I want I want to say maybe the end of September, just cause it gets some time for, you know, the big 10 to figure something out, whether or not it's going to happen or not. But maybe that's even a stretch. I just, because like the talk, the clock is ticking on guys who are just thinking, you know what? I don't know that how this is going to go. Like I'm going to go home and work out right for the draft. It's not yeah. about, I don't think it's about who might transfer to another school you know, I was, I was talking to, I was corresponding with a parent of a kid who maybe would have an option with that. And it's just like, these guys, they do like Ohio State. Um, I, I, that's not a front burner issue of transfer, but if you're ready to get prepared for the draft, you know, there, there's a lot of options with that. So I don't even know, like, how far into September you can go. Nathan, is, is the clock – I just feel like it has to be faster than that because Ryan Day said mm-hmm. weeks, not months. Nathan, how much of do you think Ryan Day is, is like, on the clock with the January plan? You know, I just had this this fun thought. Wouldn't it be a great conspiracy theory if Jeff Brom put out this plan that starts in the end of February? Because you actually would then maybe have a little bit more time to figure out if exactly what you wanted to do. And as opposed to having to have one, if they really want to start something by January, I think they do have to have something set up really soon because we're getting into the middle of August. And we've all seen how quickly days can go here over these last five months that, that in some ways seem like forever, but in some ways seems like it was just yesterday that we started all this. And I, I think they have to have something in place because they're going to have to, when, if you're going to start playing in early January, you're going to have to start practicing by the end of November, right? I mean, we're, that's, that's where the, that time frame really starts. So I, that's where I think more than anything, regardless of decisions, it's just that if you want to play in early January, that decision kind of has to be set up. That, that structure has to be set up pretty soon. Albert Breer, from, uh, who's a great NFL writer at SI.com, was the guy who got, sort of laid out the January plan. And I know Albert listens to this sometimes, and I'm just, it's always so thrilling to be able to just have your butt beaten on a story by a guy who maybe listens to your podcast sometimes. So thanks a lot, Albert. But his, what he laid out was you're probably like a training camp in December right? That like, like December's a training camp and you're ready to go in January. So, all right, let's get to some questions. I'm going to, I'm going to unmute Chase Richardson. And that means Chase, 
I think you're good to go. Fire away, my friend. You guys hear me? We can yeah. hear you, Chase. Loud and clear, baby. Okay, great. Uh, nice pink headphones again, Doug. I really like them. It's my thing uh, now. It's my, it's my brand. Uh, congrats on the guinea pigs. And, uh, yeah, just a question about, like, the Big Ten in general. Um, like, I know you guys have put some stuff out in the text over the last couple of days, and I, I've, I've seen just kind of a, a – like a coal, like a coalescence, I guess, over the last few days of kind of the opinion that this hurts the, not just Ohio State, but it kind of hurts like the opinion of the Big Ten in general. And I don't know that I've seen any of that from the athletes. Like obviously the guys that are already at Ohio State like to be there, but do you guys think that this is something that could be turned against Ohio State, I guess, in the future to say, oh, well, if anything goes wrong, you see that the, you know, the conference doesn't support its best program or, you know, something to that effect. Steven, why don't you take that first? Not right now. And I think Ryan Day has a point of one, why he's pushing so hard to do it right now, because nothing's going to, if say, let's just play the game that they do play a January season. And so that way, you know, everybody who was a senior in the fall there, it keeps up with a lot of these eligibility and scholarship numbers. So it's not like you have to start thinking about recruiting classes and, Oh, maybe we can only have 12 guys because we have so many guys coming back for the fall. If this thing happens in January, things go back to normal when the fall comes around and just talking, I, talking to comic no one seems his feeling with a lot of these recruits and people who are committed and are committed nothing's changed yet because of how weird this is and how not not normal it is they all understand that and they're dealing with it right now it's not like let's just let's just say the recruiting dead period ends in october and the sec plays and all of a sudden now ohio state doesn't have the game day visits that a lot of these other places have then maybe yeah then it changes but right now nothing's changed. It's just the Big Ten's not playing, but they still can't get kids on campus and it's still going to be Zoom calls and phone calls. I think that's a real good point by Steven, the difference between like a logistical hit and a reputational hit. The idea of we have games for recruits to come to, that is a logistical thing that Ohio State can't match that if they're not playing in the fall. The reputational thing is a, is a separate thing. And I just will say, and then we'll get Nathan on this, but Man, the NCAA canceled fall championships today. Now, the NCAA doesn't control football, but it's every other fall championship. So, like, the big, it didn't affect the Big Ten because the Big Ten had already canceled fall sports. But everybody else, even if you're the SEC or the ACC, all your other sports don't have a championship to play for now. Syracuse didn't practice again today because they're worried that the testing isn't good enough at Syracuse. Florida State. A couple more kids came out today on Thursday worried about stuff. Listen, man, I, I am still – the door is open for this to be in the end like the Big Ten was smart to cancel when it did. And the idea of like everybody – I get it. That's We're focused on that now. But, but I just feel like th there might be three weeks from now, there might be some people who look kind of silly the way they were going bazonkers about the Big Ten canceling if we get to a point where everybody is canceled and what the heck were you even trying to do in the last three weeks? Nathan, where are you on that of it hurting Ohio State? Yeah, obviously if all those other conferences, those other three Power Five conferences play a full season and have a playoff, I think that looks bad for the Big Ten, looks bad for the Pac-12, and there probably is a reputational hit, especially if they don't get something together for a second semester season. Um, but I'm still – I look more at developments like today or even developments like when the – going back and reading through, again, what the Pac-12 put out, the very detailed reasons why they gave to why they don't feel – their medical people don't feel they can play football right now. 
that's a lot for those other conferences to live up to right now. If, if, if that information is out there from other medical professionals, then if you're an SEC president, chancellor, ACC president, chancellor, you have to be damn sure that it's safe. Like, because if not, then they're get to trace that back to you and say, Hey, all this information was out there and you went forward with football and, and then look what happened. So I, I think there's still a lot of pressure on these other three conferences to, to still make a decision that they haven't really had to make yet. I'm still very skeptical that we have football in any of those conferences this fall. So like we get on video with people looking at you and now you're just like dropping the D word and sitting in front of a fireplace and having a black and white photo in the background. Chris says, is Nathan wait, wait, and Ace- What was the D word? You said the D word. You said like the darn word, but the naughty one. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> is Nathan an angel? The glow is heavenly. It does. You're looking for a 10 out of 10 on that room raider thing. I'm a, I'm a three out of 10. I am drenched in sweat, and you are. I have are... to get, have to get everything I can out of this. Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, why aren't you in pajamas? You told me you put on pajamas at like six o'clock every day and watch old Matlocks on VHS. I had to, I went to my daughter's tennis match today. It was weird to be at a sporting event today. By the way, my daughter had a tennis match against an opposing team because Ohio is allowing that at the moment. Um, I'm drenched in sweat because I mean, anybody on here who's 46 or older, aren't you drenched in sweat like 43 percent of the time? Nathan, you look like you're about to like sit back with some wine in front of the fireplace at your new home, like on a bearskin rug. Is that what you're oh, doing? This is, there? this is the what will be the old home. I have oh to get what I can out of this brick background because the house I'm moving to, it's just like drywall. All right, let's go to Seth. Seth, I am going to unmute you, maybe. Uh, did I unmute you? Are you unmuted? Oh, wait, are you unmuted? Seth, go ahead. Hey, I want to first start out by saying thank you to you guys. Uh, this last six months or so has been uh, really rough, and, and you guys have been there for us every day almost. So uh, thank you so much. Thanks um, to you guys for being I, there for us. Yeah. If you had to mark it down right now, and I think Nathan kind of said a little bit, but what, what's your percentage chance that any college football has played this fall? Good question. I would say – I'm going to say that any college football has played this fall, I'll say like 14% that somebody tries to play. But you're that low. You're that oh, low. yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I was going to say, I'm, a, I'm no better than 50-50 that they play. Yeah. percent is low. Uh, it's one of those things like, should they play? I don't know. Like, it might be like 20% should they play. Will they play? I mean, it's Bama, man. Yeah. Come on. Like, it might be. It might be higher than it should be. Uh, and that's not to be disparaging because there's a lot of people who wish that Ohio State was playing. Ohio State was, was acting like Bama right now. So I'm not trying to be disparaging. It's just the balance, but I, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with your 14. I find your 14 interesting. I'll say 40%. Steven, what's your number? I'm 45% that they play. I'm like 5% that they actually get through a full season. And, and that's the thing. I mean, like, and uh, we talked about it. Nobody's wishing for it. I mean, there's, there's potential for it to go really bad, right? There's just potential for like it, it to be very spreadable, through the act of playing football and for some people to have some bad outcomes and fingers crossed, you know, let's ha- let's not have that happen, but it's in the back of my mind for sure. Which well, that can, happen on, the, a, that can this, happen on the fifth day of their camps too, once they yeah. start having contact. And right. it becomes almost, if let's just say they get through four games and then they have to cancel, that almost looks good on Ohio State because then as a parent of a recruit, you're thinking, hmm, the Big Ten cared enough about my kid to stop it early while, you know, these the southern conferences didn't and maybe that backfired and that's not necessarily a positive thing 
that it's backfiring that way on anybody, but that's just how a parent could be looking at it. One, one conference cared more about my kid than this other conference will. There, I do think there is an assumption that Ohio State and the Big Ten are going to come out of this looking bad, and I think your point is exactly right. It's possible they come out of this looking better because they went early. It doesn't mean – like it's one of those things, right? You can't – you have to make your choices in the moment. You can't control the outcome. So I'm not sure the outcome necessarily means you made the right decision, if that makes sense. And I think the way they made the decision, right, and the way they communicated the decision will always be open to criticism – but it's definitely still possible that the decision that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 made was the right decision. Let's go to Luke from Denver. That's Denver, not Ohio, not Denver, Ohio, I don't think. I think it's, I think it's Denver, New Mexico. Let's see if Luke is there, if I can unmute him. Luke, are can you, you there? Me? I can hear you, Luke. Perfect. Uh, I want to echo the thoughts about thanking you guys for getting us through this time. It's been really nice to be able to just like escape for a second and listen to Ohio State football talk. So we, I appreciate that. Well, thank you. And we know you're a loyal question asker. So we appreciate that, Luke. Thanks. Yeah. You read a lot of my really long text. So I appreciate that. Um, my, my question that I wanted to ask was how close are we, how many more proposed plans from random big 10 coaches are we away from Ryan day losing his mind and like just going rogue and probably not going to happen. I don't know his temperament like you guys do, but like, I just feel like he's this close to like just losing it and like, Really, like doing an interview somewhere and just like lambasting the Big Ten's decision-making process and like any other programs like fake or like proposed plans because I mean I don't I feel like he has the most cachet out of anybody in the Big Ten like as far as coaches and so it's just it, it's weird to me that like Purdue's coach to be like well let me propose my plan it just feels weird <laughs> and if you remember oh, yeah. if you remember you go back to the um, go back a few months, Jim Harbaugh had a plan of some kind about how to, how to deal with COVID and stuff like that. So technically these are like the second and third plans that have come along, not, not necessarily just for the spring, but that the, the coaches have kind of constructed themselves and put out. Uh, I don't, ex I don't anticipate 14 plans being on the table. And like Doug said, it sounds like there is some, some machinations going on to kind of streamline this process a little bit and have some, some committees, subcommittees, however you want to call them, start like, conversing about this stuff and and maybe bringing it down into a, a smaller group instead of just having everybody throwing stuff out there and seeing what sticks i think every single time i know there's not gonna be 14 different plans but every time somebody throws an idea out there that doesn't start with hmm, let's start january he goes home and throws probably the biggest temper tantrum his kids have ever seen it's the fleck plan it's the allen plan it's the Shiano plan. <laughs> it's like I I, I, I do um, imagine a world where that would probably drive him nuts. And but but I think the point is, and it's checking today, checking today around a little bit. They Ohio State is like just like it's it's a, it's the word what was used to me is a non-starter that they're just like it's not. It's just not something that Ohio State is interested in at all, the, the Brom plan. And it's not about who proposed it. And it is going to be interesting. And we can, we'll probably get a question like this, but I want to get into a little bit now. It just feels now, now that Ryan Day has let me see the light, like I'm in, like I'm in front of Nathan Baird's fireplace with the January plan, it makes the March and April plan feel like an exhibition season. It was stupid and, to begin with. But, like, Jeff Brom doesn't think it's stupid. But, but for Ohio State, it, 
I just don't know what part of that would feel real where to me, and like, even if Justin, it's not only about whether Justin Fields plays. Say Justin Fields just is like, I got to go. I can't do this, which is maybe probably the betting favorite just on a guess right now. I just, it just feels, it's so far away, right? It, it just feels like we said, it, and again, when we asked the tech subscribers, you know, on, on right up the day after it happened, like they only thought like, like 6% thought there would be a spring season. Cause when you say spring, it's so far away and it feels pointless. And, and like, I just think Ohio state is like absolutely locked in on that. And I don't know what that, what, the, if you said to Jeff Brom, I love it. I love the nine points. It was color coded, right, Nathan? Didn't it have yes. different colors? Red, yellow. You know, they green. use the they use the color printer, which is like when I was doing like my third grade report on Andrew Jackson, man, like color printer. Come on. That's big stuff. I respect the color printer. Tell me why this doesn't feel fake, Jeff. I, so to me, I don't know that I I don't know that I think it feels fake. I thought again, I think it was it was well thought out and it I guess it makes logical sense in some ways. I guess I just don't understand why someone would present a March, April plan over a January, February plan. Um, why that would be preferable to someone. If, is it just a weather thing? Because if so, I, I don't know that I get on board with that. I think you've got to give me some reason why it needs to be later in the spring as opposed to as early as possible. Uh, maybe there, maybe the reasoning is it gets you even farther away from the surges of the virus that we have right now and into warmer slightly warmer weather which could help in plot i guess people have theorized but i i, I don't know, you know I, once, we once just january had, is out there that seems like a much better idea you know we just had a whole summer and it didn't go away right exactly right that's yeah. what i'm saying so i don't think that, must, that, <laughs> that, that can't be it right yeah um, no it's, it's dumb i'm sorry it was dumb before a january thing was even presented and the january thing just made it sound dumber so i will say this so i was up at i was up at 2 30 in the morning on uh What's today, Thursday? On Wednesday night, because I was going to write for Thursday morning, like how the January plan might work. And I started making a schedule. By the way, try to make a schedule of 14 teams and you will have a new appreciation for schedule makers. So I got halfway through it and I was like, what am I doing? So I didn't bother with it. I didn't have it color coded. But one of the things that I was trying to figure out like where you would play. I was going to start looking up average temperatures on dates. And I will say this, Landis on the A and B pod had suggested indoor facilities in the Midwest. And when Albert Breer, who actually has information, came out with what the Big Ten is talking about, he's talking domes, Minnesota, Detroit, Syracuse, St. Louis, Indianapolis, Midwestern sites where you can go play indoors and then you don't deal with the weather. And I, I asked Landis, I said, man, like, did you get tipped off on this and just decide to look smart by throwing it out there? Or did you just throw it out there and hit the dartboard? And he was like, I had no idea. I just thought, you know, it's cold outside. So that is a fascinating thing. I think if you figure there aren't going to be people in the stands anyway, what's wh why can't you play it in St. Louis and Indianapolis? So that eliminates some of it. I mean, I think you can do like a, you know, you can play two games in a weekend at a site or do a double header, maybe like a 1 p.m., 8 p.m. or something. It just, I don't know, baby. Like it just, I'm on, I, I, you know, you guys felt my juice. Buckeye talk, you felt my juice. Like I'm so in on January, but I just don't know what Jeff Brom, if you pin down Jeff Brom on why his is better than January, I'd be curious what he said. Let's go to Joseph in Atlanta. 
And then Jason Crutchfield, you're up next. Let's see if I can unmute Joseph in Atlanta. Joseph, yes. all right, yep. go ahead. Thank you, Doug. I uh, was wondering about something you mentioned briefly on the podcast today, and then you also wrote an article about, about the uh, idea of if – Let's just assume or pretend that the SEC, ACC, et cetera, all have their normal football season. They came out today saying the college football playoff would still happen. And that, so they name a national title. And then Pac-12, Big Ten have their own season, whenever that is, January, February, whenever it is. And Ohio State, in that theoretical season, themselves goes 10-0, and then beats the Pac-12 champ in the Rose Bowl. Is there any chance Ohio State would – do like UCF or Alabama do historically and just say, you know what, we're naming ourselves national title, even though the CFP already happened, or would they just sort of treat it like the 2012 season where, Hey, we're glad it happened, but we're not calling ourselves champions. There's going to oh, be I a banner. There's going to be, yeah. A yeah. I, oh, I can yeah. say that the, the AP is working on this. I don't think the details are for public distribution yet but the ap is working on at least as how they're going to do their voting so that could be a factor in this if we if they end up having just the pack 12 and, and big 10 in a separate season by themselves i kind of wonder though I, some kind of banner will get hung i i wonder a little bit if they go the central florida route though because i i think ohio state's above that i don't think they have to they don't have to i know national championships are rare and they want to recognize this team as much as possible. But I think you belittle yourself a little bit if you just claim this kind of bastardized version of a championship rather than one that you actually go out and earn at large. Nice I don't think bastard. You said ba- damn and bastard. Yeah, you're, you're whoa, of, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I said bastardize. You're in rare form today. Damn, if I say okay. asteroid, I'm not swearing. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I think that – I don't think they would come out themselves and do it, but if fans started going and putting out T-shirts that said the real national champions, I don't think Ohio State would downplay it. So we, I wish – so maybe Nathan will text – here's the thing, right? If you're a tech subscriber, then we can tell you all the secret stuff that we're not supposed to talk about. It's possible that it wouldn't just be Ohio State making up a national championship, though, which is my whole point. If somebody votes you something, it might be the Buckeye Talk National Championship and tech subscribers will let you vote on, you know, Chase is ready to vote. We'll let you vote on who, who's the best team of the winter. They claim two fake national titles right now. I can't remember the exact years. They claim eight. They only won six. Two of them are fake. But Alabama claims like seven fake national championships. I mean, there are so many fake national championships littering the Wikipedia pages and the trophy cases of teams across this nation. You know what? If it's a split year by a pandemic and you want a pandemic title because you were the best team in the time of the year that you got to play, I'm not going to quibble with it. Come on, man pandemic title i think i think it's i think it's very possible and i think it's very possible that there's a polling organization that like opens the door that it's not just you doing it it's somebody else nathan baird the responsibility you attempted to shuck in the last podcast it's on you will ryan day be able to hang a banner it's in it's in nathan baird's hands Jason Crutchfield, let's go to you. I'm unmuting you. Hey, are you unmuted? It's a Zoom pickup line. Come on, unmute. 
All right. If I can't unmute Jason, I'm going to have to unmute someone else. Jason, what did I do? What, why can't I unmute you? All right. I'm going to go to Pete. Pete, I'm unmuting. All right. I'm there. How about right. now? Pete. Oh, okay. Who's, oh, Jason's there. Jason, go for it, brother. Hey, um, I, uh, I just had a question. Uh, the, uh, responding to your question on, uh, I think it was yesterday's podcast, you said something about, you know, what do you want? What do you want uh, Ohio State to be, Notre Dame or whatever? And uh, I responded um, on a text, and I said, I'd like them to be Texas in the Big 12, but in the Big 10, meaning that Texas runs the Big 12, uh, and they, they kind of get whatever they want. Um, so I guess, and then you mentioned yesterday that, um, you know, they only kind of swing the big stick when they, when they want to. Uh, I just, I, I, I think, I wish Gene Smith, I, I just want to get your take on that. I mean, why couldn't Ohio State be like Texas in the Big 12 and just kind of get whatever they want? So I would agree that Texas runs the Big 12, but I would add Texas ran the Big 12 into the ground. And the reason that Texas A&M is in the SEC and Colorado and Utah are in the Pac-12 and Nebraska is in the Big 10 is because of Texas, because of the Longhorn Network and because of the way Texas being the big dog and acting like it fractured that conference. And they're crawling out of it now. They only have 10. It cost them early the first year of the playoff era. The fact they didn't have a, a championship game because they'd been fractured as a conference like it, it cost them. And so I have had that specific conversation with Gene, especially during the era of, uh, you know, teams changing conferences and realignment. And, and Gene would tell you that's exactly what he doesn't want Ohio state to be. So like Jason, I get it. I, I know where you're coming from, but all I can tell you is Ohio State sees that as a bad model because they don't see it as advantageous for them in the end. And, you know, right now, who's in a better spot? Who makes more money, the Big Ten or the Big 12? Who's, whose football program is in a better place, Ohio State or Texas? So, you know – Going along to get along, even when you're the big dog, can have its benefits. Right now, today, on this thing, when Ohio State fans want to play, that's a tough one. Texas is still playing. However, the Big 12 is on the fence. They might not be playing for all that much longer. So it's a great question, and I'll tell you the answer is that's exactly what they don't want to be. Do you guys have anything you want to add to that? Do you, th do you think that they should, they should be more like that? Should there be a Buckeye, the Bu a Buckeye network? Look at this. Oh, go crazy. Yeah, people on a tech subscription for three ding-dongs who don't know squat. If it was an actual Ohio State whole network, oh, my gosh. I think there'd be a lot of money to be made, but at what cost? I think sometimes there's a middle ground between what Texas has turned the Big 12 into and what Ohio State decides to do at times. Um, I don't think that Ohio State can maybe pick its spots a little better. And I think this is, I think that's what a lot of fans feel is right now was a time to pick their spot and they didn't do that as much as they, well, maybe they did, but not to the level that maybe satisfied fans. I think that's part of it. I don't know what people want Ohio State to have done differently in these last few days. It sounds like they did a very prudent thing and advocated to 
but delaying the start of the season to give everyone more time to either analyze this data more or hopefully the, 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 the instances of the case, the infections would start to clear up a little bit more and ease some tensions or whatever. I think they advocated for that, but it, it, at no point was Ohio State going to say, we abs- you know, we're not, you absolutely all have to say we're definitely going to play football this fall. That was not anything Ohio State was ever going to say. Um, you know, Ohio State's not in a bad place right now they're in a great place they're $200 million a year there's aren't not aren't that many athletic departments that bring in that kind of revenue and I think Ohio State um, if, if prudently looks at this and says we're always going to be that if that if we can also be in a conference where everybody else is better and we're still that we're still going to be in the best situation with everybody but when Northwestern and Purdue and Illinois get to build the kind of facilities they have the last few years that makes Ohio State better in actually in the long run because the esteem of Big Ten football rises, the esteem of Big Ten athletics rises, and when Ohio State has success, they look better by comparison, and they all make more money too. I, I will say, and I think I think uh, Evan Jones is asking this question in the chat. Yeah. I think this is what he means by that. When will they pick the right time? Like when do you use it, right? And, and, and as much as I say schedule. they they use it judiciously, and I think this is one of the times that they are using it. I think it's a good time to use it. I, I have thought to myself, well, when else have they used it, right? I mean, it's like speak softly. You got the big stick, man. You got to hit. You got to whack somebody with the big stick every now and then. So I was trying to think when have they used it. Well. The Michigan game still the last game of the regular season, except in that convoluted schedule that I railed against before. But like, you know, Dave Brandon, Mr. Pizza was like ready to kind of maybe mess around with the Michigan-Ohio State game. The Michigan-Ohio State game is not at night yet, right? I mean, my gosh, it is the most valuable television property in the Big Ten. It has not been in prime time. I don't think that's where Ohio State wants it to be. Gene certainly was more of a tradition-laden AD than Dave Brandon was back when Dave Brandon was there. I think Ward Manuel gets it, and I think Gene and Ward Manuel work really well together. But I think everything around, as much as the conference has changed, the number one rivalry and the number one game has, have not really changed that much. I think that's an example of it. Um, Urban Meyer got to the Big Ten and said, you guys all recruit like a bunch of old people. Wake up. And... The Big Ten said, well, uh, this is a gentleman's league, Mr. Meyer. And Urban Meyer said, cram it up your cram hole and started recruiting. And then the whole league changed. Now, that is a little bit force of personality by Urban. But I don't know. I mean, like, if Gene or whatever was behind the scene and like, hey, like, everybody better chill out on the uh, Ohio State recruits too hard thing because you're going to drag us down when actually we're trying to lift you up. So why don't you pull your heads out and start acting like a modern-day football program? I don't know. Did that happen? Well, Ohio State is recruiting as well as anybody in the country. The gentleman's agreement isn't, never, didn't drag them down. So, you know, the idea of, like, when do you use it? I think maybe it has been used at times, but you don't notice it because they don't have to rattle a cage to do it. They make a phone call, remind everybody, you're dead without us. And then things move along. And I, and I don't know that that's a bad way to do business. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit there. But I think those are examples of things that have worked for Ohio State. And where are we? We're at a point where Ohio State is the only team north of the Mason-Dixon line that legitimately pe- competing for national titles every year in college football. I think if you're a Buckeye fan, you want Ohio State to be a benevolent dictator. 
you want them to have this power, but if they're just wielding it all over the place and, and squashing people left and right and, and, and crushing Rutgers and crushing IU or whatever in football and in not just on the field, but in other ways, um, I, I don't think that's, that's healthy for the whole league. So to that point, do you guys think that how Ryan Day went about, you know, kind of proposing this January thing is them just rattling the cage because they've had enough of just doing the phone call behind the scenes and having it done. Well, there's a time issue, right? Yeah, so right. You, you've got to publicly rattle it because you've got to show your players. Yeah. I'm rattling. Don't leave. I'm rattling. And you've got to, you've, you're trying to get them to act now. So I think it is, I think it is, but again, I think it's strategic. Pete Kerber. So I'm going to say, Unmute you, but then you have to also hit something yourself. So, Pete Kerber, yeah, you're ready. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. All right, brother, go ahead. Cool, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. You know, thanks for all the updates the last couple of days. It's been great. Uh, it's kind of helped me stay off Twitter and go crazy. That's good. Um, That's all we're I here get, for, really. Yeah, <laughs> we're here to keep you <laughs> off. We're literally here to I pull everyone off of Twitter. Twitter in the last several days, just by what I'm doing with work this week and it's just giving me the time. But um, I guess my thing is with, you know, Day mentioning the January season, Brom today putting out of February, March, April season, <clears throat> I am just so disappointed and let down in the, the leadership that the Big Ten has shown. Uh, I feel like I feel like there wasn't a plan all along and I feel like the plan was to cancel the season when it came time to put on pads. Um, I just, I, I'm not confident that there will be a January season because I don't know what the difference, you know, 90 days or whatnot. I mean, they're going to have to start cracking pads before January one, if that's the, that's the issue. And if that's what was keeping them from going forward, I'm just, I'm not sold at this point, uh, that, that all the presidents will be on board. So, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm, I, my question, I guess, I don't even really know if I have a question. I just sort of wanted to rail a little bit oh. how I've been feeling the last couple of okay. days. But um, Railing is allowed on Buckeye Talk if you have <laughs> I know, man. I, I shoot you all day long with text messages. I'm the 619 out in San Diego. Okay. But uh, – Well, well P, I, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, the, the thing that I keep saying is the thing that I think is different about January is you're assuming other people have played football by then. If the SEC yeah. and the Big 12 and the ACC have gone forward, they've shown you the way, and then you can fall in behind them, follow their tracks in the snow. And if they've canceled as well, it's, it's almost like there's not a downside because if they have also canceled, then you haven't lost anything, right? You're all in the same boat. And then you can decide whether to go in January or not or give up. And if they have gone, you are now learning from them. So I do think that's important, and they're all going to learn from the NFL. But I do think your point about – it does feel like we all – I was just waiting. Well, wait till they have contact, then we'll learn. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, we're never having contact. It's like, well, then what are we doing? So that, <laughs> I, that I get for sure, Pete. That I get for sure. And that is exactly why when you were really juiced up about this, I was intrigued by the idea but reserved in the possibility of it. Because it sounds good. It's a great idea. But the last five months, nothing has shown me that this is something that's actually going but, to happen. But, but listen, but that's the point. But the, but the number one thing people are worried about, and I think everybody here agrees with this, the number one thing people are worried about is the Big Ten not playing and Alabama yeah, and Clemson yeah. playing, okay? So if that's the case, Ohio State will steal all the data, will do all the learning from what they've done this fall. 
and it will make them feel better if it works. And then I think you can go in January. It's like they were afraid to do contact because they were out in front. They were doing contact first, even before the NFL. There's going to be a boatload of contact. So I think that's a huge deal. And also, I, I think which of these two, which of these two plans would maybe appeal more to Alabama or Clemson? You know, other schools that are kind of in Ohio State's same uh, ballpark, um, same scenarios that they're going to face as far as you know NFL talent and things like that. When, when their seasons, if they if their seasons get canceled, which of these plans do you think they jump for more? I think they, I think the January plan is going to appeal to them more than March and April. Pete, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, yeah. All right. So say they do, for some reason, make it through a season, play, you know, do the national championship. I mean, we all know Ohio State and the players on that team, they want their crack at Clemson, right? They want to play Clemson. They want to win the national championship. I mean, you know, we've already seen Sean Wade probably going to come out and say he's not going to play in the spring. Right. You know, if I'm Justin Fields, like, I don't have much of a tie to Ohio State, and I'm not going to say I know what's in his head or whatnot or how he feels about the school, but at the same point, like, the dude's going to be a millionaire in April. You know, why am I going to throw on pads to play an eight-game Big Ten season just to, just to do it? And then if I'm, you know, who are we throwing in there? C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller? I guess maybe Gunner Hope, but is it worth getting one of those guys hurt for next year where they're not going to have the time to rehab if they do get hurt? I just – I'm just super skeptical on the uh, the January thing because I don't feel like our top players, you know, maybe someone like Baron Browning who has something to prove and has some money to make is going to come back. But, you know, Josh Myers, Wyatt Davis, you know, our studs, our stars, I don't know if they're going to be feeling as much. You know, that's just me talking. I do think that's a good point, Pete, that it's like, well, maybe they would play in January, but it still would be whatever X percentage worse yeah. than what – the, the people in the fall did that it would feel like a missed opportunity that you've gathered the data that allows you to play in January, but you're watching them play a whole season going, Oh my God, that could have been us. Why did we stop? So I do think that that in the end might be like the, that will be very hard to watch for a lot of reasons. You know, again, we're all skeptical to some degree, varying degrees. You have to have some skepticism about why that, whether that will actually happen. But, um, but I get it. I get it, Pete. Let's do this. Dan Gray is up next, then Will. You're next after that. But first, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on our live call-in show on Buckeye Talk. All right, back on Buckeye Talk with our live Zoom call-in. Man, I, I mean, the people here, during the break, the people were just saying, you know, and you can ask them, greatest entertainment experience of their lifetimes to be part of this. And you can join it, 614-350-3315. I bet you these people here in the, in the room can probably sing the phone number by now. There was like a 588-2300 Empire. There's like the carpet carpet company that had the, the phone number commercial. 614-350-3315. Join us. Dan Gray, you're up next. Go ahead with your question. Hey, thanks. Can you guys hear me okay? Uh, you're, you're a little light, so, so use your Doug screaming voice. Dan was, Dan was a little soft there, but we got it. We'll repeat yeah, it, from, some of it. A lot of questions about the leadership, a lot of frustration with the lack of leadership from the NCAA and the Big Ten, and I do want to get into that a little bit. But specifically, Dan, in the end, wanted to know, he, he feels like there are going to be negative repercussions for Ohio State. Specifically, can they keep the 2021 recruiting class together? And specifically, when you put, if you pull Justin Fields out of that quarterback room, and now you have a mishmash simultaneously 
without that veteran leadership from Justin Fields, and you've got Stroud, Miller, and McCord kind of all on equal footing, how much trouble is that going to be? We'll start with the 2021 class. Steven, you know, they lost a top 30 guy the other day. Mm -hmm. Do do you see, and we don't want to name names, but I mean, do you see like, you know, some other major guys that you legitimately think could wind up pulling out of 2021 as a result of this? Not right now. Um, Everybody seems pretty comfortable with what's going on. The ones who are early enrolling are excited about a potential January where they could play two seasons in a calendar year and still be considered freshmen in both of those seasons. For Kyle McCord's instance, he basically told me that there's going to be an opportunity for him to fast track his development if that season does happen. Because now it's not just you know, obviously, if Justin Fields said he's competing to be a backup, but then he gets a year of basically being a backup quarterback and being teammates with a guy that he knew he was never going to be a teammate with, and it fast-tracks everything. But if it doesn't happen and Justin Fields does leave, then the spring of 2021 is what it was going to be anyway. C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller, who have been in the program for a year, even if they didn't have the games under their belt, but also a Kyle McCord coming in as a true freshman and those three battling it out to be the starting quarterback. And we see how the transfer report has worked with quarterbacks lately. I'm not going to say who's going to leave and who's not going to leave, but if there, nothing happens and Justin Fields leaves, the quarterback room is exactly what it was going to be in January of 2021 anyway. I don't know if it's exactly the same. So nope. As far as personnel, not but necessarily. That, well, I mean, personnel is not the only issue. The, nobody would bring in three top 50 quarterbacks in this or top 100 quarterbacks in the same class. You space them out for a reason. And if all of a sudden, basically Miller, Stroud and McCord are on exactly the same footing. Cause we had talked a lot before. What if, you know, Stroud or Miller, one of them becomes the backup quarterback. Now they have an edge. Is McCord going to really leapfrog him or whatever? I just think it does complicate it a little bit that they're all kind of on equal footing and then potentially fighting to play right away. I mean, I, it's more complicated. And I think it might – you space people out to sort of spread out the hope a little bit, right? That like, well, this guy's here and you're here, but if he does this, then you can do this. If you got three dudes right on top of each other like that, and they were already pretty much on top of each other, it feels like to me it might slightly raise the chances of two of those dudes leaving sooner than later – where maybe we always thought one of the three would go, but maybe you could keep two on the hook. I don't know. Maybe it means like the, as soon as one guy moves ahead, the other two might be like, well, I'm out because like, how am I ever going to get past this guy? Nathan, do you think, do you think to Dan's point, it, like you, it could put more strain on the quarterback room? I think it definitely puts more strain on the quarterback room. And I think it, it's uh, something I've been meaning to write for the site. And we've just kind of been, had some other priorities, but just how moving uh, into a new house, buying squeaky toys for your dogs <laughs> and, and doing this podcast eight days a week. Um, and, and by the way, the dog, the dog won't leave me alone. Um, the, uh, the, but, but Ohio state had kind of a perfect quarterback setup. You had a Heisman trophy finalist coming back for this season. You had the two freshmen coming in right now to study underneath him you know, work battle underneath him. Maybe somebody gets a leg up in that battle. And then you've got another great guy coming in next fall, you think, and you've got this room set up for several years. Well, now you only get one year out of fields that probably, so that may get completely dashed. And now you're, you've got all three of those guys now basically being true freshmen at the same time, if nothing can happen in the second semester. 
And I, I, I think it does hurt the room a little bit. And um, it, it was already going to be an interesting thing for Ryan Day and Corey Dennis to have to navigate. And I think it becomes more complicated now. So, Stephen, do you disagree with that? Do you think that Nathan and I are making too much of that? I think you're I, – I disagree with that. I think – what I, I think they were in danger of maybe losing two when they pick one anyway, regardless of even if the situation was we're playing this fall and then Justin Fields leaves. I think all the things you just named were factors anyway. Yeah, I think I think it's just a, maybe a degree about how much more complicated it gets. It's not night and day. I would agree because it's not night it and really, day. really, it, as of right now with how things stand, it's really only hurting Jack Miller and CJ Stroud because they will have not played football at all. As of right now, Kyle McCord in Pennsylvania, they're still playing football. So at least he'll have played some type of football before he arrives. While with TJ and Jack, it'll have been almost 16 months since either one of them played an actual football game. So, well, I think Ohio State loses a little bit here, too, because I think they liked the idea of Stroud and Miller learning from fields for an yeah, entire but, spring, then fall, then all this process over the offseason. Like, he would have been a presence around those guys. Um, you would think a positive influence around those guys, and that really got messed up and probably now completely blown up in the end. Which is why I say that. It's more hurting them than it is McCord because he was never going to be teammates with Justin Fields well, anyway. But, but that's the whole – I mean, it's not hurting McCord at all. It's helping yeah. McCord enough that it might seriously hurt Stroud and Miller. Which would so, mean that McCord needs to if, – if, since it's helping him the most. I mean <laughs> – I mean, the thing that I think we maybe thought was possible, right, was like say, you know, McCord comes in, but the other two guys have a fall ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Whoever was the backup quarterback to Fields this season is the leader. Just, let's just say it's Stroud. So Stroud is ahead of Miller, which means Stroud starts in 21. And you tell McCord, keep fighting, man. Keep fighting. Who knows what's going to happen? And then in 22, maybe you lose the guy of Stroud and Miller who's not the starter. But if you have going into 22, Stroud started in 21, let's say. And in 22, McCord is like fighting for the job. And he still fights for it and say whoever wins there, maybe the loser of that battle is gone by 23. But that's two, that's 21 and 22 where you have both of them there. And I just think you might end up putting a lot of pressure on stuff right now that, that it opens the door. Let's just say it becomes not impossible. And this probably isn't fair. But, like, what if, what if, like, both two of the three left, like, this summer? Because you had, like, a spring or you had something – where it became clear which of the three is the is going to be the starter in the fall, that becomes pretty clear. And the other two are immediately like, we're all on the same level. Nobody had an edge. This guy won it. I'm out. How am I getting past him? I think you crack the door on that possibility being a little, a little greater. And, that, you know, you're expecting transfers probably anyway, but that's all I'm saying. Luke in Denver is like in front of a glorious mountain smoking a cigar and just <laughs> taunting us. He's living a better life than I am right now. You think now. that's a cigar it's a- in Denver? <laughs> I'm just You're on a, a roll today, man. <laughs> I'm just a sweaty man in pink headphones admiring. We're in prime time. We're, it's late. This is, like, yeah. this, is like, this isn't basic cable anymore. This is like HBO. It's 9.30 yeah. at night. We can. This is HBO. Buckeye talk. It's like All Tiger right. King. I'm fighting off this dog. <laughs> Let's go to Will. I'm going to unmute you, Will, if you can then also unmute yourself and go ahead. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Will. We got you. All right. Just a quick question on the uh, CFP on your guys' thoughts on what may happen if, say, the Pac- or let's say the Big 12 does cancel or postpone. Do you think they'll go on with the 
CFP championship? Do you think, you know, now you'll have three of the Power Five playing possibly January, February? What's your guys' thoughts on something like that? I think that's a great question. Well, I'm gonna, I want to make Nathan answer it first because there was also a question directed at Nathan in the, in, from a tech subscriber, specifically about the idea of if, Nathan, you previously thought that the, the, a fall championship with those three, it would be a lot more legitimate than the, the winter championship with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. This person said if you move the Big 12 also to the winter, and now it's just ACC and SEC in the fall. Is your view that the fall is more legitimate, more based on the fact that it was three conferences instead of two, or is it more based on Bama and Clemson are playing, and whenever they play, it becomes more legitimate? Yeah, it's more those programs. I mean, let's face it, like, those are the teams, you know, the SEC and Clemson are the teams that, and Ohio State kind of as the third team, but those are the two groups that are, primarily involved with the playoff every year, every single year, those people are involved. The playoff kind of goes through somebody from that cluster. So that's why I think that as long as they're involved, that side of it is always going to have more legitimacy, putting the big 12 and the PAC 12 along with Ohio state. I, that helps Ohio state make a case, but it doesn't really add that much legitimacy to the champion that you end up with. Steven, do you agree with that? I, I understand where he's coming from. Um, and he's not wrong to say that, but I do think it just kind of flips things where whoever the best team in the SEC is, is going to play Clemson and that's going to be that championship while there's a playoff maybe in January, February or whenever that season happens between those three conferences, which is weird and probably not the best look, but I just think it just flips who has the you know, best team from this conference, the best team from this conference championship versus a college football playoff championship. I wouldn't argue that if the Big 12, if you throw the Big 12, and I'm not, I mean, come on, Nathan. I mean, we can't legitimately argue against that. I mean, it's Bama and Clemson, right? I mean, like, you know, we live in the world. But I think if you threw the Big 12 with the Pac-12 and the Big 10, I'm not going to say that it's more legitimate than the SEC and the ACC, but I think you can make a case that it's as legitimate. And again, that's part of this to me. It's, It's can you claim something with some degree of validity? Not 100% validity, right? But can you make a case that we won a thing and the thing mattered? And if you can, then I think that's an extra incentive for some players. Some players, it's still not going to be enough because they have their lives to worry about. But I think it it just adds motivation. And I think... I think if you added the Big 12, it would, it would help that. But I think, it, I think that still exists even if it's just the Big 10 and the Pac-12. It's, it's more legitimate than, yeah, if it was just the Big 10 and the Pac-12. I thought the other part of that question, though, or the other question was interesting. If the CFP would move forward, if it was just the SEC and the ACC, I, I think they probably would. If those teams played a season and the CFP, which is an organization that's about putting on these games and making money as much as anything else, as much as crowning the legitimacy of a national championship, I mean, if you can still get Alabama and uh, Georgia and LSU or whoever and Clemson and play four games together and somebody out comes out of that and a lot of people still consider it a national championship and more importantly, you're the only game in town. So you're getting, you know, people I think are, are into it and you still get the ratings, you still get all the money that you would, a lot of the money you'd normally get. I think they would go through with it. So here's the thing also, by That's the way. so awful. The Rose Bowl thing that we're talking about 
for Ohio, for the Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten champion, who could be anyone. It could be Rutgers. For the Big Ten champion and the Pac-12 champion that we say they play in the Rose Bowl, and that would be a champion. If this, if this college football playoff said, you know what, only two conferences, we're going to sit this one out. You know what the ACC and the SEC would do? They would say, great. We're playing SEC number one versus ACC number two and AC number, ACC number one versus SEC number two in Atlanta and Dallas, and the winners meet in New Orleans, and we take all the money. We keep all the money. Buckeye talk. That, that's a better scenario with them. Because oh, yeah. you, you know what you don't need if there's only two conferences? 13 people in a room in Dallas having no. a – having a nine-hour conversation about who's better. You really so, don't even need a conference championship game because you're taking number one and number two, and you can just say whoever number one is won the conference that year. And, and you and know, we, we, don't wanna, we don't want to do other conferences all night, but I think the, the question there would be, would the SEC let the ACC have two teams in that no, scenario? No, or would they make them just have Clemson and we get three? Actually, that's true. That is, that I think is that's accurate. how it would probably be. They're going to find a way to get Georgia, uh, Georgia Alabama, and whoever number three is. Maybe it's Florida or LSU or whoever in there. And yeah, just, so you can I, only bring Clemson because the rest of you suck. Georgia, Clemson, and Florida, Alabama as the two semifinals. That seems very possible. But again, because – and it's just mind-boggling again that this idea, it just reemphasizes how screwed up the NCAA is. The NCAA is in charge of every championship except the only one that matters. And I don't mean that. The NCAA basketball tournament obviously really matters. But the biggest moneymaker the NCAA has nothing to do with. So the NCAA canceled fall championships on Thursday. But they didn't cancel football because they don't control football. So the, the playoff is a made-up thing of like the conglomeration of conferences. So if there's only two conferences left, they'd make up their own thing. And they could have the committee be – Archie Manning and Bobby Bowden and let them sit around and smoke cigars with Luke from Denver and figure it out. And that's all it would take. So Luke from Denver is right under my face on my screen. And whenever my face is on a screen, I look at my own face at all times. So I am seeing everything Luke from Denver is doing, which is why I keep talking about him. Chad Cooper, you're next. Then Sam, after that, Chad Cooper, I'm unmuting you. You also unmute yourself. Go ahead. I got you, Doug. Hey, first of all, thank you guys for all the endless hours of entertainment and nonsense over the last few months, uh, keeping us all connected to our team that we all unashamedly love and at the same time feel bad about how much time we waste paying attention to them. Um, it's It's been great, and I appreciate it. And uh, I just uh, – on a, on a personal note, uh, the other night after the emergency pod on Tuesday, I think that the uh, – the hook on your intro song is great. It kind of reminds me of some old sitcom music. Um, at the end of the pod on Tuesday, though, I, I may have shed a little tear because it's kind of depressing without the words. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Mike Lewis. He's a Nashville guy, man. I mean, like that country music, that's what it's supposed to do. It should make you cry yeah, at the right, right time. Right, right, right. It is a good one. So, so here, here's one for you guys. I don't have a cigar, but uh, – We'll get. We'll give a nice a nice uh, salute to the three of you gentlemen. Um, so hey, much. so my my question is kind of. I think we all, when stuff like this happens, or when any kind of tragedy in life happens, you you tend to dwell on the negative. And obviously, we're all. You know, I've spent the last thirty eight years of my life on Saturday watching Ohio State play football, and I'm gonna have to figure out something else to do with my Saturday afternoons, which my wife is thrilled about, by the way. 
Um, but do you think that us sitting out this year could actually turn into a recruiting advantage? Because while all those other teams are playing and all those other coaches are busy, our coaches are free and they've got a lot of time on their hands and maybe maybe not even as much of an advantage towards 2022 or the future classes, but more so towards 2021, because even if they're playing games, I don't think they're going to be allowed to have recruits on campus. So we're not missing on that necessarily as much as, you know, our coaches still have the opportunity to build the relationships with those guys, probably more so than some of the other coaches will over the next few months. And it could possibly, possibly turn into a ring advantage, I think. So, Stephen, we'll let you take this, but, I mean, the point, Chad, it, it, during the first dead time, Ohio State owned the first dead time. Mm-hmm. So, Ohio State knows how to recruit remotely. And so, I mean, they've proven already they know how to do that. And I like an optimistic spin. I want to give an optimistic spin at the end of this answer. But, Stephen, what do you think of that idea from Chad? The key is as long as this recruiting dead period, which just got extended through September, as long as that keeps getting extended, that's a good thing for Ohio State because, yeah, they did own the recruiting in the spring when they were on a dead period. And they can just do that 24-7 because they're not game planning. They're not in team meetings and doing all that stuff. They're, I mean, the players can go in and out of the woody as they please if they want to do workouts and stuff like that. But all their time, just like in the spring, is going to be dedicated to recruiting. So a guy like Emeka or JT who is out in Washington and they can't go anywhere either, there's going to be a lot of Zoom calls going on. So, yeah, they could have it potentially another type spring-type situation where, I mean, there's three five-stars that they're still in the running for that they could end up landing on three of those guys simply because there's nothing else to do, so why not talk to these three every, every day? And I, there was a texter, Stephen, who brought that up. Just it so happens – that two of the five stars they're still way in on are guys in Washington being mm-hmm. recruited by Washington and Washington is in the same boat as Ohio state, which is a great point to make because I do think Ohio state it's, it's again, Ohio state is just in a much more complicated situation than any other big 10 team. They recruit nationally and elite national guys so much that I do think honestly, if you're going after a kid, I think I said this before, a kid in Texas, a kid in Florida, a kid in Georgia, and the schools that are in their backyard and also recruiting them are playing, that's tough. That's tough, right? I don't know that that hurts you down the road, but like right now, the 2022 kids, I think they stick with a lot of the 2021 kids, but this next batch of kids they're trying to get in on, and you're an Ohio State program trying to pull, you're trying to yank a kid away from Texas? And they're in Texas, and they're in SEC Big 12 country heavy right now for that class. That's hard. I do think that is a legitimate thing. It's it's not that you can't keep the relationships up. It's that you have trouble establishing that first layer of a real strong relationship because you're on the sideline and the other people trying to establish relationships are playing games. And I think that could be very hard for 2022. Nathan, what do you think about that idea? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that I think is, is the biggest thing. The geography does become a problem here, too, at some point, um, just because right now they can't get out and, and do any kind of travel to recruit either. So it, when, when, when everybody else is playing football, you're just kind of in this state of suspended animation a little bit. And, again, as much as they could do it virtually and did it well, it, when, the, when the shutdown first happened, I think if other teams are playing football and you're not, that looks very different. All right, we're going to go to Sam. I'm unmuting you, Sam. Here we go. Go. 
Hey, Doug, uh, can you hear me all right? We're good, baby. Cool. Okay, sorry, no video. I'm on my desktop and don't have a webcam. Um, so you guys mentioned on the pods this week and a bit in this call that this decision to cancel the season or postpone the season is more than just a football decision to the presidents who have a lot more to think about than simply whether or not the fans or the players want to play. Um, so I wanted to ask more specifically about that. Um, many of the faculty that I've interacted with at OSU, especially the big wigs, seem to not really care about sports at all. And beyond that, don't really seem to get sports fandom. So with that, I was wondering how you guys think the presidents and so on are evaluating football when making these decisions. And I guess there's two parts to that. For one, in an absolute sense, taking finances and risks and benefits into account, are the presidents undervaluing the football season? And also when it comes to that emotional side of things, do you think there is enough of an appreciation that even if some of these guys and gals think sports are pointless or unimportant, there is a huge fan base that cares a lot about this stuff and for whom football is an important and big part of their lives. And when thinking about the risks and benefits in some respects, shouldn't that matter as well? Nathan, why don't you take a crack at that first? Well, I think in the case of Ohio State, and we don't know Christina M. Johnson very well. We know her resume, basically. And, um, you know, she was someone who was heavily involved in athletics when she was an undergrad at Stanford. She started the women's lacrosse, helped start the women's lacrosse program there. I think it was lacrosse and also played field hockey, one or the other. Um, and uh, so I think she understands sports fandom. And I think at, at large, though, I think they – Everything they've said, everything that I think you've heard across the Big Ten, and not just at the president level, I think you hear it even from Ryan Day, um, that emotion has to be taken out of this and science was going to lead. And I think that's ultimately what happened in this decision. Again, we talked to Ryan Day yesterday. He repeated what he had said just a week earlier, which is it's still not safe to play a football game. He's saying it. He's saying it's still not safe to play a football game, which I guess my rebuttal to him would be then, well, then it's, isn't it also not safe to have a football practice like a a legitimate full contact football practice which is why this interruption happens and I think that and again he I think maybe he would even agree to that and that's why he wanted the delay that's why Ohio State wanted the delay I'm just saying that even down to the coach level I don't think there was this full support for the science says we can go play football right now Uh, okay here's what I think (laughs) I think SEC football programs that suck care more about football than Big Ten football programs that suck. So, if you're going to be the president of Ohio State, you had better understand what football means to the university. I know I think people quibbled with Michael Drake. I think Michael Drake got it, right? I mean, I think Michael Drake got it by the end. I think people love Gordon Gee because Gordon Gee got it. I said, it's like, Gordon Gee, like, told TCU to take a hike. He cared so much about football. Like Gordon Gee cared so much about football and practically got him in trouble. Gordon Gee said he was glad Jim Trestle wasn't going to fire him. I mean, that guy cared about football so much. I think it probably drove people crazy. You know, I think Karen Holbrook was a president while I've covered it here. I think people criticize her sometimes, not caring enough. Listen, I think Christina Johnson gets it because of course it's the front porch of the university right? Ohio State football is a great introduction. There are a gazillion things about Ohio State that are great, but it is an entry point for a lot of people. I don't think Purdue football is an entry point as much for Purdue as a university or for Northwestern or for Rutgers or for Indiana. Basketball, yes. Football, no. Or for Maryland. 
So those people, I think Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana, Purdue, and Northwestern would be more likely, their presidents would be more likely to vote not to play than Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and whoever else stinks in the SEC. Because, man, Ole Miss hasn't been competitive in football forever, but they still throw toilet paper. I don't know what the SEC does. Who throws toilet paper? Does Auburn throw toilet paper? Or who has the garden where everybody goes to the garden? I don't know. Auburn poisons trees. Auburn, they poison people! Trees. 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 Listen. (laughs) Trees. If you don't think somebody in the SEC has poisoned an opposing football fan at some point in that yes, league's history, you're, we you're can't missing speak it. on people harming people, but we know and have been able to verify that there are people harming trees. SEC fans poison each other. Buckeye talk. Um, so that, I think, is like what matters, right? To Will's point, do you think presidents, the Big Ten presidents, understand the value of football? right? Because it's all a balance. But the more you value football, the more you're willing to give on the science, right? You don't ignore the science, but you give more. I I don't know how much. Listen, I guess it's changed. I'm assuming it's changed. They were in the Big Ten Championship game a couple years ago. I went to Northwestern. When I was at Northwestern, you got into the football games free with your ID and nobody went. Like it was not a front porch of Northwestern University. They sucked. I was at Rutgers last year. That wasn't the front porch of anything. That front porch fell off the front of the house. So if you're the Rutgers president and you have 28 positive tests because half your team went to a party and nobody there cares anyway, and you actually wouldn't mind giving Shiano another year to like get his feet under him, how do you think you're voting? And then you're affecting Ohio State. So I think the question for Will, I believe that, Nathan, your point, Ohio State's president cares. She has to care, or she's not going to make it here. Doesn't mean you bow down to football, but you have to understand what it means. I think she does. I think she does it. She's, she's an athlete, so I think she gets it, and I think she had it explained to her very quickly. But I do think it's possible that that equation at the bottom of the Big Ten, and all their votes count, was different than the equation at the bottom of the ACC, and I think that might matter in a moment like this. Stephen, anything you want to add to that? I was shouting a lot. I apologize. No, I think that that hits it. All right. We've been waiting for that apology. What's the apology that I screamed so much? Listen, I, yeah. No, I apologize. I don't really want to be. I don't want to be this guy. I got to. I got to. I got to. You make a don't want to be this guy. No, I got to make a change. I can't live like this anymore. No, I'm just kidding. I'm still going to be like this until I'm dead. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get back for the last 15 minutes of Buckeye Talk. And I want to talk about Dewan Jones. We'll be right back on Buckeye Talk. Back on Buckeye Talk, and one thing that I wanted to do, we had a meeting the other day, and I mentioned this to my boss. I do not want to beat you over the head with stories about, here's a, here's a 23rd story about how this stinks. Let's bring up another thing to depress you about how there's no football. I would like to balance our coverage with sad thing, happy thing. And that, like the happy thing isn't always going to be like, what, do you want to vote for the Olive Garden in the bracket, which I got to get back to. But like happy Ohio State football thing. So I don't know on the site that we're going to label it like happy story, sad story, happy story. But I want us to think that way a little bit, right? So I want to tell a happy story. And a lot of the happy stories to me are the guys who are going to be Buckeyes again, that you are guaranteed to see on the field in the future, whether they play in the spring or not, whether the fall of 2021 is truncated or not. These guys are young enough that they're going to be around. 
And I will tell you, one of the things I want to do, I, I talked to Monica Johnson, who is Paris Johnson's mom, several months ago when Paris was home, when they were first sent home from this. And she is an amazing person. And she made me feel better, better about everything. And I'm gonna, I want to call her back and make her make all of us feel better because she has a great perspective on things. Paris Johnson, we were wondering if he was going to be Orlando Pace Jr. And he, you know, he's not going to be this fall at least. Paris Johnson's going to play for the Buckeyes one day. That's great. So you two have a couple minutes to think about happy things. And then anybody else will do a happy, a happy round before we get out of here in 15 minutes. If you want to raise your hand and give a happy thing for people to think about Ohio State football, I'm going to start, as I mentioned before, and I actually told Ohio State this, so it's okay. Nathan and I did, did watch practice a little bit because we were trying to make sure that they were following the rules about mask wearing. But in the course of watching practice, we saw a couple of things. I saw Dewan Jones, the second-year tackle, come off a block, just like come off the line on a play, look like he was 10 feet tall and 10 feet wide, and move and get out to a linebacker. Now, they're not contact, right? But it's like you go up. He didn't hit him, but it was like, holy moly, look at that. And Dewan Jones, you know, Nicholas petit Frere and Paris Johnson are battling for that right tackle spot. Thayer Munford probably, as it turns out, may, maybe depending what happens, has played his last game as a Buckeye. But when we were looking at 2021, you were thinking about Petit Frere and Paris Johnson as the two most likely candidates to be the two starting tackles in 2021. I have a story that I've been saving for nine months on Dewan Jones. This is the guy that is – you watch him, and you guys saw it last year when he blocked some blocked an extra point. He's so big, and he's he's got light feet. You can see that he can move. He's getting in better shape. And, man, like it might be like year four and five on campus for him when it all comes together. He's only in year two. It's a reminder that there are some really good young players on this team, and you are going to see them again one day. So my happy thought about Ohio State football is Dewan Jones. Nathan or Steven, who wants to go next with happy times on Buckeye Talk? I, I was in the car with you, the minivan, I should say. When you we were wearing when, masks. When happened. We were masked we, up in the we minivan. We were and marginally distanced, I guess. Fairly, fairly well distanced. Um, but I, I'm trying to remember like verbatim what you said. We were both watching that play through binoculars, and you were like, my God, Paris John, or uh, Dewan Jones. Um, ha happy things. Um, Steven, you go ahead. I'll think of something. I mean, you know where I'm going with this. My happy thing is Garrett Wilson. He's coming back, and we're still going to get to watch him eventually. the The year of Garrett in the slot might be robbed from me, but the full peak of Garrett Wilson as a third year five star wide receiver, there is still hope for it. Oh, oh, I'm just there. We go. Look at that. Steven oh, 2021 is going to be fun if we get football. That man might win Look, the bullet off. Oh. Who, who can't feel better when Steven Means starts talking about Garrett Wilson? Because, listen, to the point of they might tell whoever the quarterback is, I know you don't have a lot of experience. I know this is new to you. Do you see number five? Just throw him the ball, and all your worries will go away. That's not going to happen, but still. I, I, we get Garrett Wilson third year still, so that's – Oh, my God. I'm already I thinking think about it. That's happiness. I feel good. I feel good inside. 
I think my happy thought is guys like um, Court Williams and Luke Whipler, guys that we got to like meet in person for the first time at signing day and kind of really start to get the vibe of who they are. I think if, if no football ends up happening, um, we already know the fall won't happen. And if something happens where there's no spring or even if there is a spring, but all these, the top stars leave and you're left with kind of a, a shell of the team and, and the aspirations that they have aren't, can't be achieved anymore. I think that's going to make an impact on these guys who are just getting here now, but are going to be developing into the leaders of this next stage. And I think they're going to maybe carry that with them a little bit, not as like a burden, but as like a, a calling a little bit. Like we have to go get one definitely because the guys who might've won one didn't even get a chance to like, we're kind of carrying something forward for them. I think this is going to be, it's an, it's an easy cliche thing that I'm sure people on this beat will eventually write about, but just how this, this can be kind of an inspirational moment for, I think some of these younger guys to see um, how to, that they won't take anything for granted here these next three or four years and be a little bit inspired to, to, to take things up to another level here ahead of them. Pete and Joseph, we'll get to you in a second. I want to read this from Dave. This again, this is really heartfelt. It's the kind of thing you look for light in the darkness, right? I mean, when we're at our lowest point, um, we look for, for a way out of that. And for Dave, that's saying my happy thing is knowing eventually Kevin Warren won't be the commissioner anymore. Is that, I mean, is that, is that beautiful? I mean, is that just like, you're just, it melts your heart. Hey, before we get, so we'll get to Pete and Joseph. I don't know this. Listen, Jim Delaney, and I've read some other smart people. I feel like I should be smarter on this because I'm old and I've covered the league for 15 years. I've read some other smarter people around the Big Ten sort of talking about Jim Delaney and Kevin Warren. Um, and if Jim Delaney were here, I will say I think it's a little extra screwed up that it's a new commissioner who's only been on the job for half a year and Ohio State is changing presidents. I think that's a really – just the way it worked out, it's tough. I, I do think it would be different if Jim Delaney was in charge. Um, Jim Delaney, but Jim Delaney also like was the guy who threatened to go to, to a Division three model, right, if they didn't like it the way stuff unfolded. So I don't know that he would have handled like athletes' rights. I don't know that he would have handled athletes expressing, expressing their views in the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't know that he would handle that the way Kevin Warren has handled it. But I think like the the – the actual setting up structures and having plans, I think just partly because of who he was, but partly because he had done it for such a long time. Jim Delaney like created the Big Ten Network out of a out of a stick and a piece of scotch tape and taught college football how to make extra money. So I think they might have been in a better spot. Not that they wouldn't have canceled because he is conservative and, I, and Jim Delaney always wanted the league to be more than just sports and they hammered that a lot often in kind of a snotty way. I didn't like always like it. But I think they would have had a better plan for we canceled then what? We canceled then what, right? I mean, I think, I think we'd be in a better place now if Delaney was around. So let's get to Pete Kerber with his happy thing. I assume it's happiness. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, right. More happy than what I was railing about before. But I just think, you know, you look at the roster that's coming back and the recruits that are coming in, guys like Travion Henderson, Evan Pryor, the quarterbacks, the young guys that we got. I mean, you look at this team, and I mean, you know, Urban, Urban's recruiting upped it from Jim Trestle, and I, it's hard to top what Urban did, but I think Ryan Day is topping it with the guys that he's bringing in. And I think that's because of what Urban built on a national scale. But I think the future is really bright and is like terrible as it is that we're not going to get this team this year. 
I think if any team is going to withstand it, it's going to be Ohio State. Even if the SEC, ACC plays this year, I think we'll still be a national power. I'm not worried about, like, the Ohio State brand completely falling off, you know, as other schools. Some other schools might not be able to recover as well, but I'm not worried about our school. So that's I, do, I do think it's interesting, Pete, just the idea of um, – Ryan Day, like Ryan Day as a recruiter and, and the other things that Ryan Day does, we don't, we sort of don't have the full picture of him yet, right? That, that there's still some mystery with him. We're starting to see it come together, but if this is delayed, it adds a little bit of mystery because I think there's a lot of hope around Ryan Day, but we still haven't fully seen it. Let's go to Joseph in Atlanta. I'm on mute you, Joseph. Go, uh, go ahead. My biggest happy thing is just the way the offense has evolved in the past few years. You know, I've been an Ohio State fan since basically since the early 80s. And this is the kind of offense, like just the NFL style quarterbacks, the NFL style passing that like, I've always wanted to see from Ohio State, always wondered why, you know, schools like USC or whatever could always do it. And Ohio State never did. And just now, like, we're seeing Dwayne Haskins to fields to who knows who it'll be, whether it be McCord, Stroud or Miller, but all of them are highly recruited for their passing ability and just the way they're pumping out receivers. And Steven, that's, that's not going anywhere, right? Is Joseph no. to believe, can he believe in that for a long time? Yeah. High level recruits, wide receiver recruits follow high level quarterbacks and quarterbacks follow guys who can teach it. And Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley are the head honchos when it comes to quarterback developing right now. So. All right. We're going to go to a Nathan. That's not Nathan Baird. We'll go to Nathan toy. Uh, go ahead, Nathan. Hey, so um, my happy thing would be just picturing the absolutely monstrous defensive line that could be in 2021. Yeah. If you picture all the guys that could come back and then have Sawyer, Hall, possibly Tumalau, and Malone in there, it's just going to be ridiculously stacked. I mean, it is funny to think about – I mean, Nathan, Nathan, our Nathan, Nathan Baird, you are jonesing for Teron Vincent, right? I mean, my gosh. You will, well, I've you, never that, seen him. I've never I seen him. Well, I've never <laughs> seen him do anything except – walk around injured really and then we saw him for one practice um but there there seems to be on paper there's a lot there to be in intrigued by if not encouraged about and uh i think he's an interesting he's one of the guys that i'm sure we'll all be writing about about how you know another guy who was champing at the bit to like get in there and and show what he is especially after having an already having one year robbed from him by injury now to have another thing another year potentially robbed from him uh somebody who's going to be i think really 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 hungry whenever he finally gets to step back on a football field and steven i am i we you know uh, to me again i've said it a million times i think chase young is like peak ohio state defensive and how can you be better than chase young but we saw joey bosa to nick bosa they never played together but they were one right after each other then we saw some overlap with nick and chase young the idea Zach Harrison and Jack Sawyer as two five stars, basically in Ohio State's backyard, and the chance that they're going to have it, they were going to have it anyway. But by the next time we see them, they might be together. And Tyreek Smith, two hours up the road in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really interesting to me that it's this defensive end talent that is continuing, but it's all this homegrown stuff. And, and I mean, when you add Jack Sawyer and the skill he has and the talent he has to the skill and talent of Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith and you know, that's, again, are they going to be Chase? Who can be Chase? Man, that's going to be crazy to pair those guys or, or pair or put those three together. I think the answer to how do you respond to what maybe the peak of what Larry Johnson will ever be able to develop is just getting depth there. And, yeah, you've got the depth from your backyard. We'll see what happens with JT and Taiwan Malone. We'll see what happens there. But 
first of all, Jack Sawyer is starting to look like a college football player now. He's not the skinny kid that he was maybe nine months ago when he looked more like a basketball player than a football player. So I'm a little bit more confident that he'll be ready. Not saying he's going to be an All-American as a true freshman, that he'll be able to make some type of impact as a true freshman. So the answer is let's get depth there. And they've, they've clearly done that. Larry Johnson's rec- reputation speaks for itself. And I think more players are coming along for the ride instead of the occasional Bo- Bosa brother or just a Chase Young. You're getting a bunch of top 10 guys in the country in the same, and within back-to-back recruiting classes now. It's weird though, man. Like, why are there why are there like five star defensive ends in the Columbus suburbs, like within three years of each other? I, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's a little weird, isn't it? In the same conference too. I mean, outside of Tyree, he's from Cleveland, but Jack and Zach both come from the OCC. Well, that's yeah, this is different. I I, I think Ohio football is kind of catching up as far as talent. Obviously, in twenty twenty one, there's a bunch of top one hundred guys, and there's not as many in twenty twenty two right now. But it just seems like Ohio is playing a little bit of catch up with talent and. Some of that is Ryan Day. I think he's kind of pushing for a spring season for Ohio right now. We'll see if that oh, they've been happens, they've but. been pushing for Urban's been pushing for that. Yeah. So and that and you know it just seems like there's a there since Urban Meyer arrived and kind of up the recruiting, you've seen the talent kind of rise with that. I haven't seen Jack play in person yet, but I remember the one time I saw Zach. It was like Zach was, was playing, and everybody else on the field was like five eight one thirty five. Yeah. And Zach Harrison was just like. And it was like he was so – he was faster than everybody and also twice as big. And so I don't know. I can't imagine what Jack's doing in there. I imagine he's I've the seen, same way. I've seen Jack both working out with Larry Johnson, but I've also seen him playing in person. Playing in person was different just because he was also playing quarterback. So he only used him on def- as a defensive end when it was absolutely necessary. So on third down and then the fourth quarter, he was in there the entire time. But seeing him work with Larry Johnson, he's a bit of a technician. Um, obviously he was 16, 17, but he's compared to where maybe Zach was when he first got here, he might be a little ahead, ahead of that. All right. We'll do two more Chad Cooper and Jim Keebler. Then we'll get out of here. Chad Cooper fire away. No, it might be a strange analogy for a uh, football team. One thing to always keep in mind when you're Ohio state is that Saturday night may not go as well as every girl thinks, but the prettiest girl at the dance always gets picked and Ohio state will forever be one of the prettiest girls at the dance. I, I mean, it's, it's funny to think about that. I mean, it would be as difficult as this is for Ohio state because Chad, I think we all would agree that like Ohio state was primed for this. Right. I mean, like we all yep. know what, we all know what the deal here. Ryan day knows it better than anybody, but it's not, it's not a shooting star. It's not a one-time thing. You know, if this right. would have happened, if, if LSU would have had all this stuff coming together and like Joe Burrow was, was like lighting it up in preseason camp last year and it had fallen apart. LSU would have been like, Oh my God, what happened? Uh, you know, this hurts because Justin Fields is special, but that I just, that's not going to change. I agree with you that that's not fundamentally going to change. And I can imagine, and I don't know, it almost makes me want to look around. I don't know who else was like geared up for a peak. You know what I mean? I mean, do Nathan or Steven, do you have any guys that, any programs that you would think to yourself, and again, as we say before, we don't know anything about other teams that would be have been geared up for a one-year peak that they're going to miss. Where Ohio State's not peaking, they're always up there. Maybe this was a little bit higher, but right? I mean, that's probably out there for somebody. I don't know who it Minnesota, is at the top of my head. Not necessarily national championship level, but just we've talked about how Minnesota was and what PJ Fleck was building. Well, if the most monumental year in taking that leap just got taken away because one of your wide receivers wasn't going to play anyway, and now Tanner Morgan's going to be gone, I mean, it, 
probably it takes a little bit of wind out of your sails a little bit. So not LSU level, but still, you know, yep. as a team who could be a, a proper Big Ten West opponent for Ohio State, that probably gets taken away because they're not recruiting top 15 classes right now. They can't count no. on it. That's a great answer. I'll stay in the Big Ten, too, and say that at full strength, Penn State with Micah Parsons, it, before before COVID-19 comes along and you're going to get an Ohio State team that just lost all the talent that they lost, you're going to get them at home in a wide out uh, with what was, yeah. I think, consensus, a, a really strong team. I mean, they were, what, number seven in the coaches poll? And that was seven. after yeah, after Parsons had left, so they might have even been higher than that when, when those – early votes are coming in and I don't know where they'd be in the AP poll, but probably it's certainly a top 18 to start the season. I think that was another team that thought it had maybe it's shot to anytime they get Ohio state at home, the way they've played Ohio state close the last several years, I think they think they've got a shot at winning that game. And I think they're still a really talented team, even without Parsons. So um, I think that's another team that, that feels like it probably missed an opportunity here. All right. We'll go to Jim to get us out of here. Go ahead. Unmute yourself, Jim. Well, I'm an Ohio State alumni, and I want to say I'm proud of my alma mater because of the way they've conducted themselves through all of this. The players wrote a really eloquent letter about why they wanted to play. The uh, parents of the players did. Christina Johnson went to bat for Ryan Day for not jumping on canceling right away. Um, when Ryan Day and uh, Gene Smith were on ESPN, they were very professional. Some of the other teams around, it didn't look so professional as, uh, as they went through this situation, this decision process. So they, they, it's, a, it's a class act over there. You know, listen, so Jim, uh, some random Oklahoma fan sort of just said that, uh, that he like listens to other college football podcasts sometimes and he listened to Buckeye Talk and he thought that I was a homer. And so he was like getting on me today. So I, we were just exchanging Pixar gifs because I like to tell people which Pixar movies I like. So mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be a homer, but I don't know that I could disagree with that, right? I mean, that, that I think you look at a lot of places where um, there just, there isn't as much unity and as disappointed mm -hmm. as these players were, and a lot of them expressed how disappointed they were, and a lot of assistant coaches have expressed how disappointed they were. You know, Jeremy Ruckett's a good example. Jeremy Ruckett was writing some really good stuff on Twitter about how disappointed he was. But every time he did, he talked about how, but Ryan Day and Gene Smith and this program had our back, right? And so mm -hmm. maybe they're mad at – I mean, I don't think there's a maybe. There are a lot of people around Ohio State who are mad at the Big Ten right now and are disappointed in general. I don't think there's an internal fracture and right. I, they are projecting. I think the unity that, that you said, Jim, that I think everybody would agree with the unity that they are projecting. I don't sure see. I don't know. Sure. Seems real, you know, because yeah. it's they're they're fighting together, but yet they're not like threatening to leave the conference and they're disappointed, but they're not turning on each other. So I think Jim, that's a very, astute view to take Steven do you have any comments on Jim's on Jim's uh, opinion here yeah as he was talking I'm just thinking Jonathan Cooper got on ESPN 24 hours after finding out every reason for why he came back no longer exists and to that point I mean you could he's emotional he has every right to be emotional but he held it together and was professional through that entire thing when you know inside his of his head he is he's ticked off at every single person in the Big Ten and feels cheated and everything else under the sun, but he held it together long enough to show that leadership and why he was a two-time captain. So, I mean, you feel sorry for a kid like that, but to see him go on national television and still handle things in the professional manner, you salute, you salute something like that. 
Nathan, we'll give you final word on this. I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> you were holding your dog. I saw you holding. <laughs> I was not holding the dog. I was You're pushing a good the dog boy. away. You're a good boy. What do you think of the way Ohio State is handled? Sorry about that. This week. Um, yeah, well, like I said before, yeah, I think that I think I think Christina M. Johnson coming in the the way she did at that time was I think important probably for her in the long run. Um, and again, Ohio State needed the way things were getting reported Monday morning and the way things ended up unfolding. We saw the fan base of Ohio State kind of shift over that time. Um, maybe that's a lesson for all of us, including us, in how we maybe you know frame some of the things that are out there. But I, I think Ohio State um, has has purported itself well here. I think you're right. I think they were being recognized around the conference, maybe even around college football, as a place where people were coming out and and saying articulate things. Um, even when guys were emotional, it was being presented the right way. You didn't see a lot of just disrespect and nonsense. Uh, maybe you saw some, but you didn't see a lot of it. Um, and, and that goes all the way up through the coaching staff. So um, now I think it's going to be interesting to see, though, the, every couple of weeks it seems like we have a new something where there's some fallout, right, the next decision to be made. So is there going to be a second uh, a spring season? And even if there is a spring season, if we get to the spring and that gets canceled, then what happens? It's These guys kind of have like an ongoing um, challenge to kind of keep rising to this from a, from a maturity standpoint and an emotional standpoint. And uh, that's, that's a tough challenge, but um, Ryan day seems to be the one kind of uh, leading that charge right now. So that'll do it for this Buckeye talk. Don't forget to try the text at 614-350-3315. Drop the reviews at Apple podcast. Always appreciate those read cleveland.com slash OSU. And we could not be more grateful to the 41 participants still hanging with us here on this live call-in show. I, I, I mean, like, you know, I'm going to screw, night, man. I'm gonna screw some, I'm gonna screw something up, but I didn't – it happened. I didn't sabotage the whole thing. So that is a victory, and I'm sure we will do this again. We had a request from, uh, I believe, a, a service member in Germany who we have communicated with, who is a tech subscriber. He requests that we try a Saturday morning sometime because of the time difference with Germany. And that would allow him to participate. I thought Saturday morning, even if you're not in Germany, if you're around here, you know, people are busy during the week. You have jobs, you have family stuff. Maybe we can try something at like 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning sometime. We're going to move the times around so we can hit different tech subscribers who can catch us at different times. But this was a lot of fun. We love hearing your voices. We love seeing some faces matched to familiar names. So if you haven't tried the text, man, come on. Come to the, come join the party of Buckeye Talk. Um, I'm going to drop an extra podcast on Saturday because we wound up not doing one on Thursday. This is the Friday podcast. Saturday, I have this thing I've held for like nine days because as soon as we talked to, to and did this interview, you know, football exploded. But it's a great breakdown of Ohio State's secondary plans and the plans for the secondary and their scheme are still going to be there whenever they get back on the field. So it's going to be a break from all this talk. The Saturday pod will be great film talk about single high safeties versus two safeties. It's this guy named Deontay Lee, who is an, it was unbelievably good. I feel like I want him to like come work with us. He's so good. So look for that on Saturday, Nathan, mark it down Monday tease for Monday for the people. 
Market Down Monday is a Market Down Monday that we were going to do anyway. And now, for just for the sake of posterity, we want to get it out there. So um, if you didn't get my text, if you didn't see my text today or you hadn't had a chance to respond, we need – give us your four playoff teams and go ahead and seed them. Give us your national championship matchup and then give us who would have won the national championship in 2020. And just pretend like it was going to be the 2020 season that was supposed to play out. So I guess you would take off like um, – um, the the Clemson receiver who got hurt, but you wouldn't necessarily take teams out that aren't playing because of COVID, that sort of thing. So keep that in mind. And then, you know, we were talking a little bit, Nathan, like uh, it's going to be hard to mark stuff down for a while. So we might have this to. This might be a, a, we might go on a, hi, a bit of a hiatus from Market Down Monday. Not that we won't have Monday podcasts. We just might be renaming it briefly because. The brand might go on vacation for a yeah. couple weeks. I mean, you worked hard to create that brand. So, you know, I know it's difficult for it you. Was, it was minutes of labor. Maybe we'll have. We'll let Steven come up with a name for Mondays. For the next version of Mondays. Means Mondays. Means Mondays. Oh. Means more Mondays. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's going to be even Look better. I just invented another one. Means. It's such a- and my work is done. That's such a football thing, too. It means more. It means more. Oh, my God. This, we're going to sell shirts for this, too. All right, listen. Thanks to everybody who joined us on the Zoom. Thanks to everybody listening to the podcast. Thanks to everybody who's part of the Buckeye Talk family. For Nathan, for Steven, and for all these people who yeah, decided to spend a Thursday <laughs> night with us, I'm Doug, and that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>